welcome to another edition, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined this afternoon by a guy who's a photographer. Um, he's been in the music scene for quite a while now. Uh, he goes under the brand, or, or goes under the name, uh, Shaky Legs. And uh, yeah, he takes a lot of dope pictures with a really unique style um, out here in the music scene and the DIY scene. And I'm excited to talk to him a little bit more about what he does and why he does it. Thank you for joining me, PJ Moody. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here. Welcome, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I've um, been up since early uh, clearing some snow, make a little extra money, but it's it's uh, I have no uh, no complaints about that because it's better than not having any money. Yeah, how is the uh, the snow shoveling business going so far? Um, it's going it's going all right. Um, I've only done it. I mean, it's only really snowed like five times and um, um, I've done it, I think, three or four now. Um, just um, think um, maybe friend of the show. I don't, I don't know if you've. Have you talked to Joey? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. good. Yeah, so um, I guess friend of the show, Joey uh, Peterson, um, it's kind of started a little snow thing, and I uh, help him out when I'm not doing my other job. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. It's uh, a lot better than a normal job. You get to hang out with your buddy and uh, just move some snow. So it's a job you can very easily make fun when it's otherwise not supposed to be. I feel. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I just, um, I feel like we just were very similar. We just kind of embraced just, um, the, just kind of manual labor and the whole, um, getting up early, putting on, putting on the work gear, gonna go move some snow, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's something. That's good. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's, um, a solid, uh, little odd job there to have to make some extra cash. Um, you know, and God knows that uh, something people dread. So that's yeah. what you guys are doing. Um, busy day today. Uh, a lot of breaking and entering work. Um, laundry day. And uh, I needed a pick-me-up. So I'm having third cup of coffee of the day. Wow. You drink that much coffee? Um, I don't. I, um, I discovered that. Uh, I can drink about two gallons of any like energy drink, a monster or whatever, but for some reason, whatever is in coffee that isn't in that, or I don't know if the caffeine is just more natural. It just fucks me up, but I, uh, I can't, my like anxiety just goes through the roof and I'm just like going to jump out of my skin. But, um, yeah, so I did actually though have, um, I had a large McDonald's coffee, if you can, uh consider that coffee this morning about 6 15 um it's it, it was warm so that that helped a bit McCafe, man i can't even tell you the last time i had one of those yeah yeah it's not i mean it's it's something um yeah. but I, I knew it wasn't good well obviously because it doesn't taste that great but also because it didn't give me crazy anxiety so it didn't didn't really do too much to me that's good. Yeah, I used to I used to work at Starbucks and I used to drink like, you know, a huge cold brew like every morning oh, yeah. I would go in and uh, I used to be able to do that 
like drink, you know, that really excessive caffeine. And that would just wire me like through the shift. But now I can't, I can't really drink espresso anymore because it makes me like, at first it gives me like, it hurts my stomach. Yeah. And it, it like makes you want to panic. It sucks. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I made the mistake with a cold cold brew or like an iced coffee where like there was um, like a year or so where every month, month and a half, I would I would forget about what happened whenever I had iced coffee and I would like just chug one and uh, just not not good. And it was like usually before I was like had to go to work or something. So then I'd just be at work just kind of losing it. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, for real. It's a hard balance to find. Yeah, but yeah, man. So, excuse me. Uh, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, PJ, we first met. Um, I believe it was Cactus Club because you know you you were bartending there. Um, and uh, I think that's where we first met. You know, you're probably giving me a Ham's Tall Boy or some shit like that. <laughs> that makes sense. Usually my go-to. Um. But, uh, you know, I started seeing you around at a lot of shows. Um, you know, I noticed that you were doing a lot of photography, um, shooting a lot of the, uh, some of the folks that uh, thrive in this neighborhood. Um, I, I know some candids would be, as mentioned before, Joey is a frequent subject of your photography. As oh, well yeah. As, um, as well as uh, Dave Kevin Adam. Um, yeah. Which he just dropped a new uh, EP today. Yeah, yeah, that that dropped. I actually had that on when I was uh, moving some snow with Joey. Had it in my my uh, earbuds. Oh, good. Um, yeah, dude, he's he's had a really dope output uh, in just a couple months. Uh, I I haven't listened to it yet, but um, I'm probably gonna listen to that later tonight. Yeah, he um he he's a machine. Um, kind of of been uh i've been around him and kind of seen his process um somewhat and uh he just kind of locks himself in a room with a laptop or his like workstation um and just goes at it for hours on end um yeah yeah totally yeah he's he's a guy who i've noticed like you know he doesn't like he doesn't have like a whole lot to say about what he's doing other than he just does it and he lets the performance and his poetry like do the talking for him for sure and, uh yeah i i miss him uh i know he's kind of in and out of town these days but uh big shout out to dka yeah i think hopefully he'll be back soon um last i heard i when i saw him a month ago i don't know he was in town briefly for a couple of days but yeah um yeah he's always uh it's just a good dude um a good artist and just a good a good dude in general so yeah, definitely. So, PJ, we'll start, I guess, with some simple question. Um, so, uh, where did you grow up? Um, let's see. I was born in Downers Grove, Illinois. Um, I'm, I didn't know you were from Illinois. I am, too. Yeah, um, I was born in Downers Grove. Um, my parents lived in Woodridge, which is the next town over for a year or two. And then we moved out to uh, North Aurora, which is um, a separate village just to the north of Aurora. 
Um, so that's where I grew up basically. Um, lived there until uh, I graduated high school. So, damn, it's fun. I I grew up in the Tinley Park area. Okay. Um, but I know, yeah, I used to love going to Brookfield Zoo right over there. And my dad actually worked for Ball Seed for a while, which is in North Aurora or like somewhere around there. But you used to have to drive like an hour to work and back. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, so did you, so you came here for school? Yeah. Um, yeah, I came here. I, um, it was kind of just a coincidence, I guess, as a lot of things in life are. Um, I originally, I wanted to be an engineer um, but I did horrible in high school. Um, I uh, just had a problem with doing homework. Um, thought it was a waste of time. So I, in return, did very poorly in uh, classes that uh, involved a lot of homework, like your algebras and uh, geometry and stuff. So I, um, I ended up, I, gra I graduated barely. Um, thankfully, I took some extra credit art classes. One was a dual credit class I took after school my senior year kind of saved my life uh, as far as getting out of high school on time and then um, I applied to College of DuPage um, COD the College of Dreams as uh, my mom works my mom works for COD all right um, so I I applied there um, and I moved I actually moved in with my dad who um, lives a lot closer to there um, and I started going there for engineering part-time, uh, worked at like UPS, uh, in, uh, Addison. And, um, I hated, I just hated the, it was the same stuff I was doing in high school, basically, where I was taking these math classes that I just, I like applied maths. I was really good at, but, um, just doing homework and just algebra I just I, I just didn't see the point um, now in hindsight I do but um, sorry long story short I decided that you know what I don't want to do that I don't want to like why am I paying money to take classes I hated in high school so I decided to get into the art program um, took some art classes got into photography um, there and then did that for a little while and then ended up meeting someone through um, a girlfriend at the time who was going to my ad. So we would come up here, um, we came up here a couple times, like 2008 or 2009, and just kind of hung out, um, got to experience the kind of real, I guess real, I'm doing air quotes for the listeners, um, real college experience, which I, I know it's not the real college experience now in hindsight, but. Um, Having gone to community college, I just didn't didn't really get any of that kind of partying, having fun stuff. I was just living at home with my dad, didn't really talk to anybody. Um, and coming up here and going to these um, very elaborate themed parties in basements in Bayview. Um, and it was just like, what the fuck is it? Like, this is insane. It was like, it was like a, a movie or something. So um, seeing that, I just decided, you know what? Um, I I want to I want to be a part of of that scene, or I I I want to come up here and um, I kind of fell in love with the 
the people up here um, and the city. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how I made my way up here. I'd, I'd actually never been to Milwaukee until I was, I think at, when I came up here, I was 21 or 22. But, um, which amazes me now because, you know, I, I've probably driven from Aurora to Milwaukee now hundreds of times <laughs> between seeing family and just uh, doing, doing other stuff, but yeah. So um, it's kind of cool that, you know, you uh, made that discovery just out of sort of curiosity. Um, it's important. Uh, what were like your takeaways from doing my ad? Oof. Um, wow. Um, my takeaways were, I guess, number one, you, you get, you get and you get out of stuff what you put into it basically um you can you can do um as little as possible to get by but that's really all that you're going to get out of it um which i th just think is just part of growing up and maturing um that you know it's not you're going to school to learn something not just to skate by um which i would also give myself that advice when i was there um second thing i probably learned that um you should really you should really kind of look at other programs and options when you're thinking about especially going to a private art school um speaking as somebody with about sixty thousand dollars in debt right now uh, yeah. from student loans um not to i guess not to like hate or talk shit about my ad um I had a ton of wonderful instructors there and professors um, that are great artists. Um, but so many of those same people were also adjunct at UWM. And they, you know, I felt like I could have got probably a very similar education had I gone to UWM and with the exact same people. And it's, all in the same art scene here in Milwaukee. So um, I guess in hindsight, I would have maybe done that. Um, but I mean, I can't, I, I don't really know. Um, and then other than that, I would say, I guess the last thing would be to get into a internship in your field that makes money or some sort of commercial something. Um, I, I did a couple of internships. Um, I did one with Sonia Thompson, who is a great Milwaukee artist. Um, she's actually, I think she's releasing a book right now. Um, and she, that, that internship was great because I had a lot of hands-on experience. I got to kind of see her process. Um, and she's just, um, just a very brilliant person. Um, and then I had another internship in New York that was kind of wonky that didn't really work out or it, I guess it, it worked out fine. Um, but it just wasn't quite, quite like quite what I expected. Um, and there's like assisting a uh, photographer for a month. Um, but I think in hindsight, although I, I, I valued the stuff I learned, I think maybe I would have, um, it would be nice to maybe get into like a commercial studio. I, I don't know how much they still do 
um, like Kohl's, I think was one of the studios and then like Bonton, which I don't even know if they still even exist. Um, but just something where you can kind of work in your field, but still make a living. Yeah. I think that, which I, I had actually heard a, a bit from other people. Um, Cause I think that, I guess it's, it's harder than to just like completely ignore photography, which is something that I've been kind of, um, kind of dealing with the past couple of years, I guess more in the past year, obviously with COVID and stuff where there was, there was a couple of months where I just really didn't make anything. Um, just wasn't inspired and just, I think just kind of getting too, um, not, not a depression, not a depression, but just like kind of a lull. Um, but yeah, I think those, um, Sorry, I'm just really just long, long winding things. I think those are kind of the the takeaways from my from my time there. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I I mean, I think a lot of us felt that lull with whatever it was we do um, because of COVID. I definitely mm -hmm. too myself. Um, so you've been in Milwaukee for what, like a decade, give yeah. or take. Sure. Yep. So. Yeah, I guess, how did you kind of like find your way into like, you know, the the music scene, the DIY scene? Like, how did you sort of like, you know, uh, stumble into it? Um, that is, I, I found my way into the music scene. I had a classmate of mine at my ed, his name is Judge Rutger. He's from Texas. Um, with a name like Judge. Uh, he's a great dude. He introduced me to Asher, um, Asher Gray, aka Asher Diamonds, aka Ash Daddy. Um, yeah. He introduced me to Asher and Michael Britton, who was also DJing at the time. He lives in Colorado now. Um, he introduced me to them. He was just kind of said, Hey, like I got this friend that takes pictures. They were, they were doing their, think that was still a freak or that was a freak at hotel foster and probably 2012 maybe yeah it must have been 2012 um so i showed up one night i think saturday night and uh just brought a roll of, i was shooting like black and white film on a that's really sweet camera that we had at my head um it was like a nikon i forget what model but it had this pretty cool it just had some really nice like lenses for it and i shot some pictures and um they liked it they liked what i captured um and then invited me to come along the next month and then started i started getting paid um to basically show up and take pictures and party um which is a great it's a great gig i mean it didn't pay like it didn't pay like my bills or anything but like you know i was in college make like 100 bucks um take pictures and drink beer and hang out and dance and have fun um so that's that's kind of that was kind of my how i got into it initially before that it was basically me taking pictures of my friends um or my partners um or us, us at parties or kind of doing doing whatever um and then from there i'm not really sure i think from there i think i kind of just grew along with 
with them because they started doing shows at Mad Planet. Um, they did shows at Bad Genie for a while there. We had like, I don't know if it was a weekly or a bi-weekly show or like night at Bad Genie. Um, which like looking back now is just like, it's just absolute madness. Um, it's just, uh, all, all I can say was it was like 20, it must've been like 2012. And um, I don't know, I, it was it was just, it was just something I wouldn't probably be doing now, but um, I was, yeah. I was younger and uh, just <laughs> having, having fun. And then from, from that, I think other people maybe saw, saw some of the work I'd done, um, saw some of my like 3D photography and then um, just kind of asked me if I could come take pictures of their show or something they were doing. And just kind of went from there. Um, yeah, I think that that that's kind of what started started it all for me. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, how did you become Shaky Legs? Like, where did that name come from? Um, so it all started with um the 3d camera that i had but i didn't really know what it was i i'd gotten this camera it must have been in 2008 at a thrift store and i either got it in addison or maybe aurora i don't remember but it was a three lens camera it was just like a simple point and shoot camera but it had three lenses and a flash on it and i bought it um i'm i'm kind of a thrift store junkie i just i go and you know, that's my like, like retail therapy, I guess you could say when I drop a 10 bucks on just random stuff at a thrift store. Um, so I, I bought it before I even was, was in school or before I even moved to Milwaukee. And then I was, um, I think my first year here, I was going to a party and I wanted to take pictures and I didn't, I didn't want to bring my digital camera because I, 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 assumed that I would probably become pretty intoxicated and I didn't want to break it or lose it or have it get stolen. So I, I brought this camera that I really didn't care about. I got it for like three bucks. So I shot a roll of film through it and I processed it. And then um, I I was like, what, what the hell? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what's this camera for? I did some research on it. And then I, um, I found a thread somewhere uh, where people were talking about how they used to be used. Um, you would print them on like a lenticular film where you moved it and it would make that 3D effect. But they, someone on the thread was like, I guess in theory, you could probably just like align them somehow in Photoshop and turn them into a GIF. And um, I kind of, I started to experiment with that with how to align them, different stuff. And, uh, but then I didn't have anywhere to share them because this was, it must've been 2010 or 11 and Facebook didn't support gifts. It still barely does. Um, the only thing it did was Tumblr at the time. So I decided the only way to really share them was to make a Tumblr. And so then I had to come up with some name for Tumblr and, um, I guess my 
shaky legs was just kind of I have a habit of shaking my legs I've been it's been most of my life been yelled at by my parents about it teachers um, same here same here yeah so I'd I would just be I would I was like literally in the computer lab in my head and I was you know working on the stuff and shaking my leg and trying to figure out the same and I was like you know what that's I'll just do that so that's how like that's how the name came about um which actually kind of ended up working it kind of worked out nice just like with that kind of medium of that gif that kind of a little bit of a jerkiness and um a lot of my images for first couple of years or at least you know five years was just people like either dancing or partying or something so it kind of you kind of rolled rolled with the name yeah definitely i like that that's cool it kind of answers with the what i was gonna ask was sort of like kind of how you do uh um like create that effect that yeah. accompanies your your photography yeah i could actually um yeah, come right here yeah. so we had some this is one of my older ones um i've gone through like six of these cameras but yeah so it's just it's got four lenses and it takes the same it's basically the same image just offset slightly so then you get four pieces of film um, or four four images on one piece of film hmm. like that and then you just uh scan in the film and then you just gotta like align it in photoshop and then use just like the like things like the like animation tool to just make make the gif just loop back and forth but yeah it is what's crazy is these cameras now are like insanely expensive um like i said my first one i got for like five bucks at the thrift store and um these ones the nims lows are i don't even know they must be like three or four hundred dollars now and then the other ones are called like Nishikas, and those are a little bit crappier and they're like on ebay for like 200 bucks so interesting that's cool that's yeah dope. i i was curious about that that was like the main thing i wanted to figure out from interviewing pj was how does he do that <laughs> yeah i mean it's um yeah when like when i first started doing it there really wasn't anyone else doing it i could find um there's a guy in new york called mr giff who i'm sure still does it um it was him and like maybe one or two other people that i could find on online it's since gotten a lot a lot more popular um yeah i i know there's um there's a business here that started i think re like remaking them um i think they come with like three lenses instead of four so we just will, won't have as, as much movement but yeah yeah that and i actually i built i built um like this camera rig of uh old cameras i got from Maya. actually i can show you that oh, yeah sure this doesn't really help for a podcast but i used to take this to um holy to, shit to like nightclubs or actually yeah. i would take this to like hotel foster for like the freaking stuff and um it's basically the same idea it's just weighs about 30 pounds and uh i kind of made it just because i had 
all those cameras were donated um, to my ed and they were gonna throw them away because they're just so old. Mm -hmm. They're they're like the first ever like Nikon like D1s. So they're like 1.2 like megapixel. But for for gifts, they're fine because really the largest like resolution I make a gift that is like 500 pixels by like 700 pixels because anything bigger than that kind of lags. But yeah, um, yeah. that's it's cool. Like you said, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen anyone's like you know style or uh, aesthetic quite like yours. So um, it's cool. Uh, I. I had, I dig like how you have like such a authentic like approach to it. Um, you know that uh, uses a lot of like it seems like it uses a lot of like vintage stuff. Uh, like has some vintage components. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I actually I've I kind of just collect old camera stuff. Like there's a shelf next to me that's got like thirty cameras on it. Um, and for the longest time, I was kind of a film snob, um, especially my early years uh, at my ed. There's this whole idea of which is which I don't necessarily agree with now. I think it's kind of um, almost like a, I guess it's kind of like a gate, like a gatekeeper, like way of thinking of like you you must be able to do this the correct way that's been taught for years and years and years or else you're not a photographer whatever and I think that was something I kind of picked up when I was at COD from a lot of instructors that were you know people that came up in the 70s and 80s that spent hours and hours in dark rooms and now all of a sudden there's photoshop and digital cameras and they're like which I I get you know um if I spent you know they would spend maybe a day or days to try to get the perfect print in the dark room. And now you can go and redo and undo stuff in Photoshop. Um, but I kind of had this idea that, you know, film was superior and, and like you, you must use film. Um, yeah. But I think that's more of a, it's more of like a technician's way of thinking about creating than an artist's way. Um, because like it shouldn't really matter. I mean, unless you're unless the the art is about the process, or unless the process speaks to whatever idea you're trying to talk about, then at the end of the day, you get an an image. It doesn't it's matter like, if it's taken with your iPhone or if it's taken with a four by five. So yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, I I remember when I got my first iPhone. I got an iPhone three, and uh like Instagram just came out and I hated it so much because it was at the time I was shooting, um, I was shooting like 120 like medium format film using a Hasselblad camera, which is a square format camera by default. And all of a sudden everybody's posting these square, these square images and, and they're taking it with their iPhones and they didn't even, try like it, it was i it was maddening to me at the time um but i'm i'm well well over that now because uh yeah yeah it's just you just gotta get get with the times 
yeah no i i, f- I feel that totally um what kind of music did you grow up listening to oh boy um i got a, i got quite a i don't know i've got i guess i can my first my first love of music was i think like elvis presley or no actually it was probably elvis and garth brooks um i grew up listening to what my mom listened to and my dad to an extent um for my kindergarten talent show i sang the garth brooks song friends in low places which is just about like alcoholics basically getting drunk yeah um there's a there's that's on there's a tape of it somewhere that was recorded of me um singing in front of an auditorium full of parents um it's back before I, I knew what stage fright was. Oh yeah. Um, but well, that, you, made, you made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that um, I got into Elvis for a bit there. Then in high school, well, then like middle school, got kind of angsty. Was into like Limp Biscuit. Um, that was like you know, nineteen ninety nine. So it was, um, it was kind of the, uh, I don't know, that was rat metal. Was yeah, like- it was that. Yeah, ex- exactly. So like the Limp Biscuit, the got into corn a little bit, um, kind of dabbled in some Slipknot. Had had the like Janko jeans and the like Limp Biscuit t-shirts and the ball chains and spiked hair. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, after that, I morphed into like Rage Against the Machine, which I still enjoy to this day. Um, and then got into like, I went through a weird Hendrix phase when I was about 16. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I don't know, kind of just whatever. I mean, growing up in like Aurora, basically. Um, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't like a music scene, or at least I wasn't really a part of it. I guess I I briefly had a band when I was like very young, but it was more of like a childcare um, thing where 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 we went where we went after school. Uh, a teacher there had a bunch of instruments and brought them in and kind of started a band with me and two other people that were there and. Uh, um, but that was like the extent of, uh, of music. And, and then I guess, I guess in high school, like my senior year or like junior, senior year, I started getting like the like emo shit, um, like Panic at the Disco. And I mean, it was 2005, 2006. So I went to Warp Tour, uh, yeah. <laughs> just wearing girls jeans I got from the thrift store and like whatever like fox like whatever park district kids oh yeah baseball t-shirt the hot topic type shit yeah yeah so that was um that was that was my musical interests that and i guess i did i did have some friends that kind of exposed me to like some more like rap hip-hop um like three six mafia um i got into jay-z um yeah but yeah that was that's about the extent of my 
of my musical tastes growing up that and like just you know your 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 average kind of dad rock my dad really liked queen and like aerosmith and stuff like that so yeah i got you the reason i ask is because um you know i'm interested in kind of the good sort of like way to preface like what would be some of your favorite milwaukee groups over the years hmm that's a good question i i guess i guess when i when i think about like the milwaukee scene and music i i guess i just usually i just think about shows that i i, I went to that that i just like thoroughly either just had like an amazing night and that was just kind of like the soundtrack to it um mm-hmm. i mean i remember um i had i had a lot of really good nights with like webster x um there was a there was a time where we were where I was doing stuff with with him and just kind of um, like making pictures and gifts and stuff and I would come along to some shows and um, it was just really just had a lot of just like really crazy nights that were just a ton of fun um, that and I mean everything I've done with like Asher has been has been awesome. Um, I miss I miss seeing him um, going out to shows. Um, I think seeing Juicebox quite a few times. That's always just a ton of fun. Um, I guess I guess I guess also I think my I feel like my opinion on music because like I don't really consider myself that. I don't know that that musical or that like I don't consider myself a a um I don't know like a connoisseur of music um I guess I usually almost base the music off of like how good people photo or like how great the images are that I that I capture while they're performing I get that. I guess it, that sounds kind of like I don't know if that's like self-centered or if I'm just only thinking about what I'm what I'm able to capture. But I mean, um, yeah, I I, I I get what you're saying. Like, you know, you're kind of what you're saying. Like, you know, what the what was anthemic to the night that someone can be really musically talented or 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 make songs that I enjoy or that are catchy, I guess, but I, I, I guess, especially just in like live, the live like DIY scene, so many of the times, like the sound, like just the sound quality of the, the places where you're, you're hearing things is just not good. Yeah. Like, you know, like your small bars where everything is just way too loud. Um, and I think so much of what I usually enjoy is like, there's, just like their attitude and their just how they present themselves on stage and just like their energy like if you can if you can like get 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 the crowd going and like it's a party and everyone's having a good time and like i mean to like to me that's i think that's what makes makes it fun and great which although then 
at the same time, like that might not, that might not necessarily be something I want to listen to alone, yeah. like in my headphones. I, yeah. Like, I think a great, great example are actually shows at high dive at H because like shows are really loud there. Like, you know, I definitely had to like get a pair of earplugs from going to shows at H so much, but they're a ton of fun because it's like, it's, you know, it's tight. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a bar that a lot of people in the neighborhood like to party at and people stay late and, uh, just gets crowded. I mean, punk shows are really, really fun there. And, um, and at that point, it's like the environment plays a really crucial part of like the, the live music experience. And I mean, I know that a lot of us really miss that right now. Um, sure. Like I don't listen to a ton of like punk or metal or anything like on my own time, you know, like I'm not just super, I'm not super into that kind of stuff, but the show's, are like i love those kind of shows though Mm -hmm. you know so yeah yeah i um yeah the it that was and i guess i i guess i I almost refer to that in like a that experience is like in a past tense now because it just doesn't feel like that's gonna be happening anytime soon um yeah but yeah which um, I guess I guess we'll see. You know, live music will always be a thing, but you know, we right now, like, you know, obviously we have to be responsible and whatnot, and be and anticipate it for when it's safe to do again. Because when we can, when it's safe to do again, it'll be better than it'll be back and better than ever. Because you know, we won't be taking things like that for granted. Because um, obviously, play is such a big part in a lot of our lives um but yeah I, I i do miss shows a lot <laughs> seeing yeah. people out like every weekend yeah One day. yeah yeah i miss i miss i guess i miss bartending somewhat um yeah um i've, I've been been actually working uh at uh amazon for since october and um is i mean there's part of it is kind of nice because it's very like regimented and i have a schedule that's set um but part of it's just like just draining um and i just don't want to work for amazon it's like it's like the ultra like walmart like when people used to hate walmart because it was evil like amazon is like they have, they're, they're everywhere now. It's like, I, I, I can't listen to podcasts at work without hearing them talk about Amazon while I'm working at Amazon. Like, <laughs> it's driving me crazy. I get, yeah, I, I believe it. I, my dad worked at Amazon and he, it was only for a couple months, but yeah, he just, it was so like, you know, robotic and monotonous like very tedious oh yeah for sure but yeah i mean um the last thing i wanted to ask you about uh before we close out here is uh so in terms of like you know when you go out and shoot now when you're taking pictures and posting them so do you kind of just do it like you mostly just do it when you just 
when you're out with your friends and just feel like having some fun with it? Or do you like freelance at all? Like kind of like what's the role it plays for you right now? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think now it's just like, I feel like I, I need to be like, I have to make something and it's been hard without anything going on, you know, as far as like large gatherings of people, um, in small spaces. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's kind of made me reflect on like why I do it. Like what, why, why do I feel the need to, to do it? Or like, why did I do it back then? And I mean, I've thought about it a lot over, over years. Um, like a lot of it just is a part of just like my social anxiety. Like I'm, I'm horrible with um, like meeting new people um, and talking, talking to, to, to people. So I think, um, I guess we'll say pre pre COVID times, like having a camera was like, it's almost like a security blanket is like my, my, my like reason to be somewhere. And like my excuse to like, be busy and, and not and like have an out. Um, which, you know, is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's how I am. I, um, I don't know how 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 deep I, I I I need to get about it, but uh, yeah, like now I just I I've also like I've been sober since the beginning of the year, which has been um a bit of a journey, <laughs> I can say, um because so much of that that like bartending and being at a bar almost every night lifestyle is just is another way to kind of deal with that anxiety and um, yeah. feel more, more, more open. Um, so having been sober now for like 30 something days and like taking pictures, I'm just kind of just like playing around again and trying to explore like why, why I'm doing this, what, like what I'm doing with it. Like I've started kind of, I've been doing these, like I've been just kind of taking images and like I started to like draw on them with like markers, which kind of makes this weird kind of like, um, it's almost like a pastel-y effect. They're like, I don't even think they're watercolor markers. They're just different different markers and they, um, cause it's the film is like a negative film. So the, when you scan the colors, they, it's like the like inverse of the colors. Yeah. So I've been kind of playing around with that, just kind of experimenting with different stuff. Um, I don't know if that, if that answered the question, but. Uh, no, no, I, it's, yeah, you're, you're, uh, I mean, yeah, like you're, it's kind of your way of like falling back in love with it, you know, like, uh, you know, like rediscovering what you can do uh, with that medium. And that's great. Also, congrats on the sobriety. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm trying. Um, I, I made a goal to, to go into my birthday, which is the end of this month, um, which I'm going to do. Um, I think I'll probably, I'll probably 
party a bit for my birthday, but then I think I'm I'm gonna honestly be back on the the sober train. Um, just because it it just makes sense. I I don't feel like shit all the time. Um, I don't do dumb shit that I regret. <laughs> um, I've just been f- just feeling a lot better in in general, and it saves a decent amount of money. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there is something great about, you know, big cold beer. Um, yeah, but I've, I've, I've been drinking, uh, drinking a lot of like LaCroix, um, and oh, yeah. some, I've been getting into some, uh, kombucha, which has like trace amounts of alcohol, but like, I would have to drink like eight, like huge barrels of it to get, to get drunk or something. But right. uh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's dope, dude. Um, that's great. Like, um, and I and I like relate to you a lot with the uh, how you see yourself relative to like being in crowds. Like, I I have really bad social anxiety too, and like that's kind of how I would be with like when I'd be out at shows and like you know I want to do a write up on this artist for breaking and entering. Like, talk to the band or artist like after the show. Like, that was kind of similar to you with the camera that was sort of me with like you know what makes me feel like secure yeah for sure because um, i yeah like and I, I i love i do like talking to people but like this you know yeah. like like an individual like you know uh closed off uh context like i don't crowds are very overstimulating and uh, it's good when you have like that, uh, some sort of catalyst that, you know, gives a level of like control, you know, over your environment. Mm-hmm. And I used to, you know, at shows like I would drink a lot to kind of cope with that social anxiety and end up drinking more than I planned to and end up feeling like shit the next day. Like, yeah kind of where it's like i just need a beer in my hand is something to do (laughs) like yeah 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 for sure i mean i there was so many nights where i would have a beer in one hand a camera in the other and then i would end up just needing to chug the beer in order to have my other hand free to also operate the camera and like that would just be like just i just keep there'd just be like a mode that i would just keep going to or, or I would have like a beer in my back pocket. Like, yeah, geez, you don't, you don't need a beer all the time. Yeah. Like I'm learning to just, it's good to find security with, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely like a big, like, like liquids guy. Like I like to constantly like have something to drink, sort of like what you're saying about the LaCroix. Like I, yeah. I constantly drink things. So it's amazing when you can have that level of security that you would have with a beer, but just with like a cup of water, mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a good, like sort of a good refocusing um, that I try to, I try to practice a little bit more like, you know, when I am in social situations nowadays. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is fun. Uh for sure. I, I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like I, uh, there's like so many different things that I could 
I could have like elaborated on, but it's already been an hour, which is crazy. Time time flies apparently. You did a great job, BJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm on our way out here. I ask everyone the same two questions. Um, sure. First is what keeps you up at night? Jesus Christ. Oh man. Um mistakes I've made just in my personal life. Just, I don't know, your normal, just dumb shit oh, that yeah. you change. Oh, yeah, dude. I I lose sleep over that one thing I said six years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what puts you to sleep? Um, it used to be alcohol. Um, right now it's... Um, um, I, I've been kind of falling asleep with podcasts on, um, I, I usually take like some sort of sleep aid, like a herbal, whatever thing. Um, so yeah, that, that, that helps. Um, I've, yeah, I, I've always had trouble falling asleep. Um, so yeah, I think those, that's, that's about those are the only two things I can really think of is just like some sort of whatever herbal chemical to um, help my brain kind of yeah. get drowsy. And then uh, I, I, I usually have something kind of in the background, maybe um, even just like the news. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. The two most common question or answers to that question are weed and melatonin. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, I would be I would be the latter. I I am uh, I cannot smoke weed anymore. Um, oh yeah, I, I I used to be able to. I mean, I, I was never like a huge um, smoker, but I think it I think weed just got too too good because I I just I I lose my mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't smoked weed in like seven years now because it would just give me crazy anxiety. Like I, I can't do it either. So one of the, it goes, it does like one or the other for you. you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, there's, I mean, I've, I've known many people that, you know, it's, um, it's like they, they like need it. Yeah, um, to a certain extent, or or it's sort of, I guess it probably almost helps them with certain anxieties and stuff. But for me, it's just like absolutely like the last time I ate an edible, I ended up like pacing in circles at like four in the morning because I thought I was gonna have to like run to the hospital because I was dying. Yep, <laughs> oh. been there before too. I get it. Yeah. Thanks again, dude, for being on the show. Uh, it's great to get to know you better, man. For sure, dude. Like, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, honestly, it was cool. I was like really flattered to be to to be asked to be on. Um, it's just nice to just be able to talk to talk like in a normal environment. Um, without, you know, the haze of whatever um substances and the noise of music or yeah so oh totally man uh that's why i like doing it because 
good it's a good escape from that for a change but um for everyone watching uh check out shaky legs and his work i'll be tagging his page so you can check it out and uh thank you for watching mr nice guy as always we'll see you next time cheers